Muffin Films and Salad Fingers, Homestar Runner and Mondo Media, Adam Films and Metalocalypse, Happy Tree Friends and What the Hell is Flash Animation Anyway? Warning, not affiliated with Adobe. Welcome to Plug and Missing, the Flash Animation Flashback Podcast, where we watch the Flash Animations, Webtoons, and shorts we grew up watching in the halcyon days of yore, the early 2000s. I'm Paul Rayburg, and with me is my co-host... John Ward! Hi, John, how are you? I- I'm I'm doing alright. Great. Well, we're at the <laughs> second episode of our second season, so it's very exciting, uh, which is still focused on muffin films. John, which clip are we looking at today, though? Uh, today we're watching actually the first two muffin films uh, that Amy created. Uh, we are we're doing two films, Paul. I hope you I hope you watch them, and I know you did because you're the one that told me that we were doing two films. <laughs> so the first one is uh, Hungry, and the second one is UFM. Uh, and it, they were released in August and November, respectively, of the year 2000. Well, John, you know, we uh, we like to get back in the headspace from when these clips were released. Can you take us through some uh, headlines from August and November of 2000? Certainly, Paul. August 8th, 8 die, it's a freighter slashes Navy vessel. I'm glad 18 years later that we're still not able to keep boats from crashing into each other. The ocean is not a large place, people. August 28th, two planes land safely after mid-air bump. What the fuck, boats? <laughs> November 28th, CBS plays it coy concerning where Survivor 2 will land. So my real question is, how is it that boats <laughs> crash into each other and 18, was it eight people die? Yeah. The planes can bump into each other and uh, everybody's fine. Oh, yeah. They, they land safely. I mean, it's because uh, planes know that flying is the safest way to travel. And boats know only of the Titanic. <laughs> well, John, I can't argue with that. So let's jump into the first clip, Hungry, which is also the first uh, muffin film ever released. Mm-hmm. We open, opening shot, black text Hungry on an orange background with what I think is a bran muffin in frame. What, what do you think? Is that bran? It's brown? Yeah, it's brown. Does it have flex in it? It doesn't really have any flex, so yeah, I'm not sure. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's, maybe, I mean, it could be some sort of, like, I don't know, like, I, I was about to say sugar muffin, but that's more like <laughs> what your mom calls you or something, or like, what the awkward John, couple. John, does, does your mom call you sugar muffin? No, it's like what, what the awkward couple next to you on the three-seat aisle of a plane is calls mm. each other, sugar muffin. Um... But yeah, no, I feel like Bran is probably a safe choice there. All right, let's assume Bran. Uh, and then there's a strangely deep voice that says the title of the episode. Um, let's both give it a try so you can replicate it better. Hungry. 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 Yep, those were all terrible. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right, well, what happens next, John? Okay, so uh, <laughs> John does to... Turtle girl <laughs> slides over <laughs> sideways towards a bran muffin. Paul, can you explain why why you described her as a... No, I kind of get the turtle girl part, but why a jaundiced turtle girl? Was she yellow? She is very orange. Um, okay. She is wearing an all purple outfit. Yes. She has like a really orange skin. You can't tell if she has glasses on or not, or if it's like a green diseased stripe. Yeah, or like a very strange, like, uh, what was it, tan line? Could be a tan line. It kind of looks like a Ninja Turtle mask, actually, it, now that it, I think about it. It which does a little bit. Further enforces the jaundiced turtle girl. Yeah, it does. All right, so uh, basically she sort of looks left and right and checks that the coast is clear. And uh, 
<laughs> what I don't to grab El Muffo. Now, <laughs> Paul, we've established mm-hmm. on our other podcasts, the Minute Podcast, that I do not speak Spanish at all. Um, right. Is El Muffo the actual the actual word for muffin in Spanish? It's certainly not. Okay. I just wanted to see if you would read it okay. on air. Well, success, Paul. Yeah. All right. So she reaches in at the muffin that's on the plate there, and uh, it actually dodges, which to me, if I was reaching for a muffin or any kind of food and it jumped out of the way suddenly, I don't think I'd really want to eat it anymore. Yeah, I'd just uh, stop nope, eating. Not, like, yep, but forever. Not, not this girl. Not this girl, though. No. Instead, she grabs it with both arms and just starts eating it. In a very monstrous way. John, can you describe how she goes about eating this muffin? Uh, Like a cookie monster eats a cookie. Like, very much like, holds in two hands, opens mouth, closes mouth over about half of it, and then is mm-hmm. left with only a portion of the muffin left. True, but I think you're missing the directionality a little bit because she comes in from the top oh, of yeah, this yeah. muffin. Definitely. Like, like Doesn't a, unwrap it, just... Like a condor. Only the top. Exactly the way a condor would eat a muffin. Sure. <laughs> Which to me seems like the wrong way to eat a muffin, John. I mean, how do you how do you go about it when you approach a muffin? Oh, I take off the wrapper, if there is a wrapper. Good uh, first step. She does not do that. No, she does not do that. And then I go around the side and sort of shore up the side so that the muffin top and the sides of the muffin are the same side. Sort of trimming the top. Exactly. And then okay. I eat the bottom part saving the top part for the the last few bites okay fair fair mm-hmm. how about you Paul? i assume you well i i just go in sideways Ugh. take off the wrapper uh but john do you consider so i'm yourself... the weird one here with the very specific <laughs> way of eating <laughs> i think so the, the hell did i go first for <laughs> well it, it's not that i don't uh, that i didn't think about this in advance right and think through uh-huh. how do i eat a muffin uh, but nope that's just not a lot to it John, now we, we've been discussing muffin tops and bottoms here. It really makes me wonder if you consider yourself a muffin top or a muffin bottom. <laughs> I, well, with, with muffins concerned, I'm probably more of a muffin top. Hmm. Consider myself more of a muffin power bottom. Power bottom? Muffin yeah. power bottom? All right, Paul. It's good Solid to know. Solid joke there. At least our yep. dynamic works in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, well, what happens next is a large muffin sneaks up on her and actually eats this little girl. Yes. Um, it eats her sort of in the same way that you imagine a trash can would eat a, a ch- human child, if that makes any sense. <laughs> you're, you're, getting, you're using some weird uh, similes here, like a condor and a trash can. Yeah, I'm not even sure a condor is what I think it is. It's a bird, right, Paul? It is a bird. It's a large bird. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so it sort of just comes up behind her and then just sort of mm-hmm. tilts her into his mouth is what I meant. No, that, that's true. It's definitely an accurate way to say it. What I think is interesting here is that this large muffin looks nothing like the muffin that was on the plate. Well, no, it's huge. It would, Of course it wouldn't look anything like the one on the plate, Paul. But beyond that, I was imagining at first like a, a family dynamic where, oh, you ate my baby muffin, I'm going to eat you. But I don't know, this one has purple specks and just kind of looks different, so I'm not sure, maybe this is just a crime of opportunity. Yeah, well, I think maybe, you know how we put tiny fish on fishing lures to fish? I could say the word fish a few more times if you want. (laughs) Um, Mm, Fish. Maybe this muffin put a tiny muffin on a plate, because really, muffins are 
you know, like a tiny muffin and a big muffin, like that's the same difference as like a fish and us, right? So like, I think so yeah. So maybe maybe the big muffin put the tiny muffin as like bait for for little little people, little girls to come over well, and uh, and eat them up, only to then leave themselves up for the eating. I do like that theory. I think it's a lot of fun, but I'm not sure it can be true in this case because the small muffin has survived the attack. And uh-huh. if we were using like bait fish, they would never survive the attack, right? Well, I mean, hopefully not. Like, <laughs> this muffin is now headless. The bait fish would most likely be like bottomless, and you don't want to. Like, like I, I don't care that I use fish for bait, but I also don't want the fish that I'm using for bait to be like <laughs> horrendously maimed and then just left to bleed out in the well, whatever fish do in the ocean. I don't know. Bleed out? Do they have blood? I assume they have blood. Fish do have blood. That is true. It's got to be. The point is, John. The, the the point the point for me here is that the small muffin can survive being decapitated, and that worries me a little. Yeah, uh, it does make me wonder the ana- anatomy of a muffin and if we've got it all wrong. We really might. I mean, we can talk a little bit. About more about that in the next clip but what do you think the, the real moral of the story is here john leave the listeners thinking what the fuck is the next clip if we're talking muffin anatomy all right it so, comes back yeah 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 it does all right what were you saying paul moral of the story john i think for every muffin film we should try to find a really defined uh moral that yeah. we can take away to a, share a with moral the that gets to the heart of the human story or the yeah. muffin so story. what do you think the best moral is in this case uh, I think you've got it here, Paul. I think if it moves, maybe don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even willing to make that a very hard statement. I mean, you definitely read it with a question mark there because some people eat live octopus or I'm sure there's other examples. But but I actually don't eat live octopus for that very reason. So I already live this moral, Paul. Well, that's good. I also live this moral. I mean, I'm usually a vegetarian, so... Just <laughs> so so hard not to. Yeah, but like but like that's taking it too far, Paul. I mean, come on. Like food has to have moved at some point. <laughs> well, I think kidding. we can safely we can safely say it's beyond the bounds of this moral and further research is needed. Yes. Obviously. Yes. We'll we'll test more more giant muffins and other things to see see if it holds up. Very good, and we'll tweet out the results. Mm-hmm. John, is there anything else we should say about this first clip, Hungry? <clears throat> it definitely feels like the first clip. Like, it definitely feels like the first the first movie. Almost like it's like a test piece for, like... Sure. Uh, because, like, from an animation perspective, I see, like, framing is very important to it, uh, or, or uh, setting the scene. Uh, and And so, like, a lot of the humor and stuff comes from being ignorant about what's happening around the the girl mm-hmm. uh you know from sneaking up of the large muffin but it does it does feel like almost like the equivalent of whatever a pilot would be for uh th- this series if that makes any sense you know i think it does i think it lays the groundwork for future episodes and we see a little bit more of that yeah, yeah. exactly and i think we see a little bit more the next the next episode although is just as short right and but it's much more intricate mm-hmm. like it's it's a much more detailed sort of sort of uh short so i i think i think the two play off of each other pretty interestingly 
um, considering like the muffin tree was a relatively complete like like when it comes to what we think of when we think of flash cartoons Mm -hmm. is a pretty complete idea of that right i think that's true it had a beginning middle end sort of a whole story arc yeah Yeah. and and there was also like changes in scene like uh you know the character change like that sort of stuff like like it was a little bit more detailed than simply like two drawings interact with one another temporarily in a very Mm -hmm. elemental sort of way like there's a little bit more artistry to it um, and I think, uh, UFM, the next clip here does a lot to like sort of meet that mid ground between these two. All right. Well, let's move on to UFM. John, before we start talking about the opening frame, I want to briefly touch on what does UFM stand for? I assumed it was unidentified flying muffin, but I don't know if that's a funny response. <laughs> That's also what I assumed. I also thought maybe undoubtedly funny muffin film. Uh, or unusually uh, firm union, muffin. Union film muffins. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That I like. Muffins gotta yeah. organize, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh jumping into the opening shot, we see the words U the letters UFM in black text on a kind of gross pink background, which comes to play later in the clip as well. It does. With a bunch of grayish muffins flying at the screen yeah they're like gray green right like like they're they're kind of sickly looking right yeah like i I guess they're they're what you would think of as alien skin tone gray like uh yeah yeah yeah. um so yeah so the six muffins are traveling through space on a in a in like a a a muffin tin uh Mm -hmm. which you you put here as cute and i also found it very cute um yeah definitely cute so one of my questions paul is are you familiar with those containers for cupcakes and muffins that they sell i guess everywhere now since muffins uh, well since i guess muffins and cupcakes are both very trendy they sell these containers with a bottom to them you it's not like a baking tray like you can't bake your freaking muffins in this thing it's just plastic Mm -hmm. and then there's like a top part that goes on top of it to keep all of the muffin and and cupcake separate and stable i guess uh but they all look like little like pope pope hats like not pope hats pope pope mobiles but they're all like conjoined pope mobiles for like 20 muffins so are you saying it's like a like a silicone muffin dish that you'd have to put on something else no they're they're usually they're usually plastic and and they, okay so let me let me re restart this i okay. think that they look kind of like egg cartons except for muffins how about that except they're made out of pl- plastic with like clear tops with clear tops john i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> i am okay. a little bit behind never mind my muffin technology fine paul i'll i'll text you a photo next time i see one but basically i i think that muffin technology has come a long way since the early 2000s because i have a feeling that this did not exist like if you were transporting muffins uh if you were to transport a muffin uh, like a set of muffins right now paul how would you do it mm-hmm. I would take, I might leave them in the muffin tray, actually, or I might put them in a Tupperware. Yeah. Just sort of loose. Exactly. And, like, maybe tinfoil over the tray. Yeah. Or, or you know, uh, paper over the tray or something like that, right? But, John, are you, are you saying there has to be a better way? Well, no, what I'm saying is that muffin technology has advanced so much in only 18 years. 
I'm going to have to Google this to figure <laughs> out what what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> you probably muffin transporter. I, <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, they are like little gray alien mu- uh, muffins uh, with eye stalks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they say some weird things. They do. And and I want I want you to say them, Paul. Okay. Um I'll I'll try to do the voice a little bit. Well, I can't do the voice because they're not speaking English, John. No, no, no. They're speaking like r- backwards talk or something. Some sort of alien gibberish, but they use some phrases that I really like, including my nefarious fellows yeah. and describing crushing humans uh, like ants upon a tuna dish. <laughs> What's a tuna dish, Which, Paul? I mean, I guess I'm the one who eats tuna. Well, no, you eat fish, don't you? I don't. Oh, but never mind. I, I imagined a tuna dish as like a casserole dish that you would eat a tuna casserole out of. Oh. But now that I'm saying that out loud, there's no reason that should be a tuna dish. That's just a, a dish. I don't know. Maybe Maybe it's a regional thing. <laughs> maybe it has more to do with the tuna itself, because regardless of the dish, it should be pretty squishable. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, if you're familiar with the um, saying, like ants on a tuna dish, definitely tweet at us, let us know. Yeah, please. Um, I, we are unfamiliar. So it, they land on Earth, and they um, sort of pass a paper cutout background uh, with paper ducks mm. and a paper pond. Which is cute. Yeah, it was very not, cute. Not remarkable, but very cute. But this is what I was talking about when I said that, like, if I feel like it evolves upon, like, uh, going beyond the last one, because, like, there's setting... There's like, uh, you know, they're they're framing the context of like space to Earth. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and so, so I think that that's an important thing that Amy's been able to do here is like, uh, you know, bring us bring us a more complete image of what's going on in the scene. That's yeah, true. So you mentioned they fly past these ducks and pond, and then they land at a bake sale. Whoa, what a twist! Yeah, I know. Uh, and so, <laughs> so you do, <laughs> you do ask, is this one family and, uh, why are they weird looking? And one of them is also jaundiced <laughs> again, Paul. <laughs> yeah. So you're really concerned with the health of these people, aren't you? I'm more concerned with Amy's health. Like, is she presenting all of these orange characters because she suffers or well, suffered, I assume from the condition? I mean, I'm a it little worried for everybody, frankly. I think. Maybe. I think it could or maybe it's just yeah. like a, like a Simpsons-esque, like they're all yellow, but you don't think, man, they need to get their kidneys in order. <laughs> well, except that they're not all yellow. I think one of them's purple, one of them's yellow, one of them's orange, and one of them's brown. That's true. Which I assume it's one family unit because it's not like they're... Okay, so... Well, yeah, that's the, how the families work, Paul. You've got the orange one, the purple one. <laughs> And I'm the green one. It, ta- the it takes a purple one and an orange one that love each other a whole lot to come together. And I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> the setting, John, the setting of this bake sale is kind of weird for me. Yeah, it is. It is a bit weird. It does feel like it's in the middle of nowhere. So I, I think it's just at this family's house. They're having a bake sale. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like a lemonade stand except for baked goods. It seems weirder somehow. It it does. I, I'm definitely way less likely to buy a baked good from a kid, uh, mm. in front of their house than I than I would be lemonade. I'm already less 
less likely to buy lemonade from a kid. And that has nothing to do with kids or their ability to sell lemonade in front of a place. It's just that I'm cheap. Uh, so like, <laughs> well, also they never have the permits that they need. And that, that kind of pisses me off, John. Oh, no, that doesn't piss me off at all. Stick it to the man. Well, obviously I don't care about kids and their muffin permits. Yeah. But, um, what, do you buy a lot of things at bake sales? I feel like I never have, and it's kind of weird. So I want to ask, would you buy a weird gray muffin at a bake sale? But also do people buy things at bake sales? I've never really done that. So yeah, I definitely buy things at bake sales. Not all the time, but I, I, I do probably more often than not and part of that is because i have an insatiable sweet tooth and need to be filled with sugar at all times so sure uh and another thing is that uh they're they're much more attractive to to me than like it's basically like the reward of going out and like baking your own baked goods only with none of the hassle or work behind it in a way that going out and buying like an Entenmann's uh, coffee cake does not provide you, like, okay, I like sure. a good Entenmann's coffee cake, but it's a different creature altogether than like a homemade coffee cake, right? Like it, it's e- even even something as uh, like you know similar as two different coffee cakes definitely feel different. Uh, the Entenmann's has like preservatives in it and other things that make it taste like an Entenmann's cake versus like you know, that lady down the street's cake. Well, that makes sense. And maybe I just haven't come into contact with enough bake sales, and that's why it feels weird to me. I mean, since you're a teacher, I assume you find a lot more bake sales than that I do. I also grew up in a weird small town with, like, a annual sort of... Oh, uh, right, right. Yeah, Walker's Old Days being, like, a big, like, get-together bake sale meets yard sale meets strawberry festival so yeah (laughs) all right well circling back to the bake sale in this clip the muffins appear to sort of panic as the people all converge on them as if oh no we've landed in a bake sale now we will be eaten what a twist yep Uh, i think i think i saw this coming (laughs) i think we all did but uh would 12 year old john have seen it coming uh maybe not but it it does feel like so so what it instantly made me think of because this is also something 12-year-old John would have been into at the time is that it makes me think of the Douglas Adams uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where like mm-hmm. this invasion force comes to earth uh and they're like an entire like species of people or whatever in this giant ship only to find out that, like, a dog ate them or something like that, or, like, they're swept away by wind because they're all, like, nearly microscopic. If that makes any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So it, yeah, it feels like it feels like uh, I, was, I was already prepped for that. So that's kind of what... It, that's If anything disappointed me about that, it's it's that. But nothing, nothing about this was a particularly disappointing experience. It's a very harsh review from John here, but can you build on that a little bit and give us a good moral that we can take from this story? Uh, yeah, I think uh, before you invade a planet, make sure that you understand your size scale relative to the, uh, you know, the top of the food chain. You know, on the one hand, that's a very specific moral. <laughs> on the other hand, very good advice. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you are shaped like one of their uh, go-to breakfast foods. 
Maybe we can expand on that a little bit and say that doing some research before any significant activity is probably a good idea. <laughs> like buying a car. I mean, really, landing on a planet and finding out that you are uh, actually the size and shape of the the planet's dominant uh, creature's food source. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's basically the same thing as buying a lemon vehicle, right? Like, it's it's really the same sort of thing. Well, muffins can also be lemon, so Ooh. there you go. Yeah, preferably le- lemon. All right, John, is there anything else from this clip we should talk through? Uh, I think I think we're all good on my end. Uh, I liked I liked a lot of it. I, I think I think it's interesting to see where uh, Hungry to UFM, like what sort of like complexity the the cartoons have now. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely true. And I'm interested to see, maybe we can plot the course from here to uh, the muffin tree a little bit. Yeah. Over time. That'll be good. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Plug and Missing. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend, leave a review on iTunes, that sort of thing. If there's something you want us to talk about, either a clip from um, Muffin Films or a different show we're not talking about, go ahead and get at us on social media at Plug and Missing or email us at pluginmissing at gmail.com. Check out pluginmissing.com. You can find out more information about upcoming clips and that sort of thing. If you don't want to wait two weeks to hear from us again, you can check out our other podcast, The Minute Podcast, that we release in a alternating week-for-week schedule with this one. As always, this episode was co-hosted by John Ward and Paul Reberg, produced by John Ward, edited by Paul Reberg, with theme music by Paul Reberg. Come back next episode where we ask, should I have made that joke earlier? (laughs) We're glad you could join us for just a little bit discussing Flash Animation and what the hell it is until next week. We hope you're well. Please give us five stars on iTunes.